0: Good to see everyone tonight. Uh, before I get into the message, I would like to ask you to please keep the Leonard Street Church of Christ in your prayers. Uh, Brother Billy Morris, the, one of the men that we'd been praying for that was in the hospital with COVID, a uh, very important man to that congregation, a very hard worker. Um, he was the treasurer. He took care of all the church's finances, and business. He passed away last week. And just prior to that, his sister also passed away. And so uh, that was a big loss uh, to the church there. But uh, he had told several people when he first got sick, if it was the Lord's will or if it was the COVID did get the best of him, he was ready to go be with the Lord because he had lived a faithful Christian life. And his wife uh, passed uh, a few years ago, and he said he'd get to be with his wife again. And so... Uh, let's keep that congregation in our prayers. That was a, a big hit. And so they've got others that have been sick with COVID, some that are out. And so um, at this point in time, we're very blessed. Uh, I guess we've already been through it. Hopefully we won't go through it again. But uh, please keep the Leonard Street Church of Christ in your prayers, because I know times are very difficult for them. And that's why we need lessons like the one that I'm going to talk about tonight. Uh, The third Sunday night, uh, last month, I talked about some things you'll never do in heaven, and so that was just part one, and so tonight we're going to get part two, and you remember our lesson text last time was John 14, uh, verse one beginning, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you into myself that where I am there you may be also when you go through these difficult times like many have been going through uh, of late it's good to know that you're ready to meet Jesus it's good to know that he has gone to prepare a place for us now uh, some and uh, say that this is talking about the church itself uh, God's house and there's a place for everyone a room in there for everyone Uh, I can I can see where that could be the case but uh Tonight, uh, as I think about that, I think of him going to prepare a place, and he's going to come get us and take us to where he is there by the Father. Tonight, our lesson text will be revelation twenty one verse four Some apply this to the church as well and use it as talking about spiritual things, but that's not the way we're going to use it tonight in revelation twenty one verse four the Bible says and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Several years ago, I was reading, I believe it was the House to House, Heart to Heart. And Brother Allen Webster had written an article in there about things you'll never do in heaven. And I'd never really just stopped and thought about it from that standpoint. But I, once I did, it really got my attention and I really appreciated his article uh, every since, and so I've used it from time to time, and so a lot of this comes from that article many, many years ago. So last time we noticed that in heaven you'll never, you'll never go to a medicine cabinet. As we grow older, I was just thinking, Brother Paul said after I preached last time, he said, he said Mike, we didn't know you had so many things wrong with you. Well, I was kind of putting myself in y'all's place, really, uh, those of you that have all those ailments, but. Anyhow, you never know what someone's thinking when you're up here talking, especially Brother Paul. Uh, But just think about that. You'll never go to a medicine cabinet. As you get older, we visit it more often, don't we? You know you do. I do. You do. Except for Granny and a few others that don't take anything, don't have to. You're very blessed, just like Sybil was so very blessed. But most of us are not blessed in that way. So we have to go. But in heaven, no medicine cabinet. In your mansion. You'll never visit a sick person in heaven. There's no sickness there. Isn't that wonderful? In, in heaven, you'll never grow old. Uh, like they say, growing old is not for wimps. And uh, as time goes on, you start seeing that more and more. Realizing what that really means. And, and it can be difficult at times. But in heaven, you're not going to grow old. How wonderful. You know, we do things to try to look young. And we try to, um, you know, try to stay healthy and stay in good shape. and, And we fight getting old, don't we? But in heaven, you don't have to worry about it. No one gets old in heaven. And in heaven, you'll never attend a funeral service. You know why? There's no death in heaven. Death just tears me up down here. I know death is good for us because... If we never died, just think, first of all, the earth would be overpopulated. And then what about disease and sickness and and starvation and the things that would go on? So not only that, if we didn't die, we would miss out on what God has for us in heaven. So, So death is really a good thing, even though it is a hard thing. It's very difficult, but it's very necessary. And so we spend a lot of time going to funerals of those that we love, and family members, and all, friends, and members of the church. But in heaven, no funerals. Tonight, we'll notice four more things that you'll never do in heaven. Number one, in heaven, you'll never shed a tear. Uh, some of y'all shed lots of tears, don't you? Uh, some, some shed tears easier than others. And some should probably shed more tears than what they do. But we have reasons for shedding tears, don't we? There's things that make us cry. We're human. You know, the Bible even says in John eleven thirty five 35, that Jesus wept. He wasn't really weeping because Lazarus was dead. He was touched by the emotions of those that loved him so. when they were there, and they were weeping, and they were crying, and they were hurting. And, and so Jesus wept as well. There's nothing wrong with that, but... In heaven we'll not shed any tears. In this life we shed tears of heartache, heartbreak, pain, sorrow, worry. Sometimes we're grieving and we shed tears. As Job said in Job 14.1, Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. In this life you can expect it. If you haven't just went through some troubles, you're going through some troubles right now. And if you're not, get ready because they're headed your way. That's just life. That's not God. You know, people say, if there's a God, why does he allow this to happen, that to happen? That's life. It's just the way it is. Because man sinned. When sin entered into the world, all these troubles came with sin. It's man's own doings at the very beginning. But in heaven there'll be no sorrow. There'll be no heartache, no heartbreak, no crying, no pain. We'll not shed any tears up there. As we find in Revelation chapter 21 verse 4. The Bible says "And God shall wipe away uh, all tears from their eyes. And you read a little further it says that there will be no sorrow neither crying. Because those former things will be passed away. Those are things of this life. Not the next life for the hereafter. Number two. In heaven you'll never turn on a light. Think about that. In this land... There is much darkness. It's all around us. We have street lights. We have night lights. We have inside lights. We have outside lights. We have lights on our vehicle. We have lights everywhere you look. We feel more secure where there's light than where it is dark. If you ever go on a walk at night or you have to have to walk, uh, maybe your vehicle breaks down or something, you'll feel much more secure when you go under those street lights than you'll feel when you're out in that pitch black dark of the night. We like light. But in heaven, in your mansion, if that be what he's talking about, I, I like the idea more myself of... The house of God having rooms—that's basically what that word mansion could be translated rooms. Uh, I I like being in God's house, the same house that He's in, better than I like having my own mansion over here on a hillside somewhere on a hilltop. But nonetheless, if it be that you know for the human mind to try to comprehend in some sense the wonders and beauties of heaven, God has to put it in terms to which we can relate. And so, who wouldn't want to have a nice big house? Even a mansion for that matter. But just think, if you have a mansion in heaven, it won't even have a light switch in it. You know, sometimes if we're somewhere we're not familiar with, we may struggle. If we find ourselves in the dark looking for a light switch to try to turn a light on. But in heaven there'll be no light switches. There's there's no darkness in heaven. In Revelation 21 verse 25, the Bible says, And the gates of it, that's the city, it... It shall not be shut at all by day. For there shall be no night there. I hear about Alaska. Some have told me that there's daylight over there for months and months and months. And then there's dark for months and months and months. I I don't know. I just have to take their word for it. I've never been to Alaska. Don't plan to go to Alaska. But I've thought about what would that be like. To have all that time of darkness You know, sometimes the winter is bad enough when it's like dark and dreary. You know, when the spring starts coming, the light, there's more light, and things start turning green, and little critters start hatching out and being born. And that's a good time after you go through that little dark season. But in in heaven, it's not like that. There's no darkness up there. In Revelation 22, verse 5, John wrote, And there shall be no night there. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. In heaven there's, there's no need for the sun, there's no need for the moon like there is here on earth. There's no need for candles, there's no need for night lights, there's no need for street lights. Because the Bible says in Revelation 21 verse 23, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And so God and Christ, their glory, you want to talk about some glory. Their glory is so bright that that's all the light that we're going to need. No light switches in your mansion in heaven. You have the glory of God. And his son Jesus Christ. In heaven, you'll never lock the doors of your mansion. Oh, down here, we live in a pretty wicked world, don't we? Some areas are far more, far more wicked than others, some are far more dangerous than others. I remember when we moved up to Memphis in that area, I was not used to anything like that whatsoever. All of my life, we just left the doors unlocked, windows unlocked, our belongings just everywhere. No one ever stole a single thing from us. 36 years of my life, I don't know one thing that was ever taken from us. But I learned very quickly, it's not like that everywhere. And I doubt it's like that where I grew up. Now, that's been a while. Many years ago, one could go to bed with unlocked doors, unlocked windows, not have to worry about anything. I don't believe that would be a wise idea today. Every night, the news broadcasters tell us of those who have been robbed and raped and beaten the night before. When I was up around the Memphis area, it was happening in broad daylight. Women being raped and and people being killed in the daytime. Unbelievable. We must use locks on our windows today, dead bolts on our doors, and sometimes even alarm systems. And in some of the gas stations and stores, you'll see bars in the windows in areas that are really bad to keep thieves and robbers out. But your mansion will be in a land of peace. There will not be any need for locks or deadbolts or alarm systems in heaven that peace that we pray for you know we pray for world peace but it's not going to happen we want world peace but as long as people are in this world they're not going to all get along those people in the middle east they're going to be fighting till the lord comes back again but we should pray We should pray for those good people that are in harm's way over there, those that are being mistreated, mutilated, things of that nature. We should continue to pray. We want peace. We want peace everywhere, but we're not going to get it everywhere down here. But we will in heaven. You see, that's why we should really look forward to heaven. Because in heaven, there will be no robbers, there'll be no rapists, there'll be no murderers, there'll be no thieves. They won't be in heaven. No wicked people will be there. The Bible says in Revelation 21 verse 27. And there shall in no wise enter into it. The city of God. Anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever maketh abomination. Or maketh a lie. But they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. You know Paul talked about. The. The. Christians there at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 9 through about verse 14. And he pointed out to them that you know all these wicked people, he gives that long list. And he said, these people are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Liars and thieves and adulterers and fornicators and on and on and on and on the list goes. They're not going to make it. They're not going to be there. You you have to change your ways. Of course, in that same text, you remember he said, and such were some of you. But you're washed, you're justified, you're sanctified. So people that have committed these terrible sins and crimes, they can repent of those things, they can change their hearts, and they can can live new lives. That's why I still don't believe the idea that once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. I believe that's as wrong as can be. Paul said, such were some of you. Past tense. I'd hate to think that if I was guilty of continuing in a certain sin for a period of time, that even though I repented and turned from that and obeyed the gospel and lived the way I was supposed to live, that I'd also always be considered whatever that was that I was doing. Lying, stealing, cheating, whatever it is. No, such were some of you. You see, when you obey the gospel, all that's washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ but in heaven we'll not have to fear for our lives we'll not have to worry about those things because people that are doing those things they, that die those type uh, being those kind of people they will not be there in, in heaven they've got to change they've got to repent while they're here in this life to be able to go to heaven you remember those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life those are Christians those are people just like you You know, I know without a shadow of a doubt that I can trust every one of y'all with anything I own. Anything. Anything. I would let you go to my house, go through my house with me not even there. I know good and well that you're going to take care of everything I have. And you would not steal or abuse one single thing. You know, that's one reason I love to come to worship service. Because I'm with you. And I I know you. I know that you are Christ-like. I'm in a place of safety right here. I'm around people that love me. And care for me. And care for my well-being. As I do you. And so I wouldn't harm you. Nor would you harm me knowingly. You would not say anything to hurt me knowingly. I wouldn't you knowingly. But just think. In heaven. As the Bible teaches, there is a number of people like that will be there just like you a number so great that no one can count it. You can't count it's so great now I understand the Bible teaches that we're to Entering at the straight gate for the gate broad's the way that leads to destruction. Many there be that go in there at because straight is a gate and is a way which leads unto life and few there be that find it. But notice he's talking about he's using comparative terms. When you look at the number of people in heaven and you look at the number of people that will be in hell it will only look like a few in comparison to the ones that will not be there. But yet John still says he saw around the throne of God a multitude, a number that could not be numbered. Can you imagine living in a land of peace where we're all together with the faithful, the redeemed of all ages in that heavenly city? You won't have to worry about thieves and robbers. You won't have to worry about locking your doors. You won't have to worry about having a gun for your safety, or protection. No, no. But this may, be the, this may be my favorite right here. And that is, you'll never face a temptation In heaven. You know, we face temptations daily in this life. Well, because the devil is busy, he's at work. His workers are busy, they're at work. As Peter said in 1 Peter 5, verse 8, he said, Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. But what may be even more difficult than that is the fact that we are in the flesh. And these old fleshly bodies, lust, uh, it's difficult. Uh, We have desires. And some are not always godly, are they? That's where we, we battle. Just like Paul talked about in Romans chapter 7, that war that was going on in in himself. And he he talks about when he wanted to do good, he didn't. And when he, you know, just back and forth, back and forth. Isn't that something? When I read that text, when I read that passage, I think, man, he's got to be talking about me. I fight that battle every day. You've seen those cartoons with where the guy's got the little devil on one shoulder and he's got the little angel on the other and the little angel's trying to tell him to do right and the devil telling him to do wrong and he's just back and forth like, what do I do? Well, with us, the problem is not knowing what to do and what not to do, is it? Nah, We know right from wrong. We know what God expects of us. But it's kind of goes back to what we talked about this morning, that self-centeredness. It's hard not to please, number one, isn't it? But sometimes we just have to say no to ourselves. It's a struggle, isn't it? It's not always easy. You know, as much as we love to be together on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night, it's not always easy to get here, is it? We don't always feel like being here do we we have to sometimes push ourselves we have to jump through hoops we have to rush to do this do that get here and get there just to be able to make it here Well, sometimes you would like to probably just sit down in your recliner and just take a breath and just say oh, I'll catch them next time but we don't do we oh no because we know if we don't come here we're going to miss out it's our loss not God's it's our loss but it's not always easy. It's not always easy to do the right thing. Even though you know it's the right thing. It's not always easy. We are tempted. On a daily basis. I don't, I'm don't. i not one that believes that we go through the day. Committing many, 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 many sins. You know like. Sometimes we hear prayers. Um, you know one thing that's always been kind of got my attention is we pray for forgiveness when we have our opening prayer and then at the closing prayer we pray for God to forgive us of all of our many many sins that we've committed I hope we're not committing a bunch of sins during worship service but I do believe that when that first prayer is prayed if we have penitent hearts we're forgiven and I hope we're not sinning while we're here that we're focused on the things we're supposed to be focused on but I'm not saying don't pray God forgive us of our sins but if you stop and think about it and you analyze it you know, we do need to pray for forgiveness always. In every prayer of ours, we should ask for forgiveness. But we are tempted. Sometimes my mind would drift and wander during worship service. I, my mind's not always focused on the death of Christ during the Lord's Supper the whole time. Sometimes I hear a noise. Sometimes the thought just comes in from nowhere. You've got to push it out. You got It's a battle, isn't it? Even to stay focused while we sing these songs. We're singing to one another. We're singing praises to God. We're to put our hearts into it. But you know what? It's very easy once you have sung these songs for so many years and you know them so well, sometimes you just put it on autopilot and the words come out, but your mind could be who knows where. So we could sin during worship service. And need forgiveness. But that's just how difficult life is. It's a constant battle. It's something we have to work on. We've got to make sure that we we wear that gospel armor that that Paul talked about in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 through 17. We've got to remember that, that our power, our might is not in us. It's in God. That's where we get our strength. We put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins go about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness. You know the armor. you got to put that armor on. It all ties into the Word of God. We've studied that before. It's so important that you stay in the Word of God, you study it, and you use it correctly to be able to fight off Satan, to be able to overcome these temptations, and we can never let our guard down. How many times have you read First Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 12, and thought, "That couldn't be me. That, I, why do I need to keep studying this? Wherefore, to him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. How many times have you heard that little short passage? And you know what? If you're like me, you probably thought about many other people that have fallen. And probably thought, I need to be careful, but it's not going to happen to me. I wonder how many people have thought that way before. That are no longer with us. Listen, that passage is for me, it's for you, it's for all of us. We can't let our guard down. Or else we could lose our souls while in this life. We could miss out on having that mansion that Jesus has going to prepare for us. That place. In heaven there will be no temptations because there will be no devil there. His angels will not be there. In Revelation 20 verse 10 the Bible says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophets are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. If I pondered that thought just a little while, it would probably give me great joy. To think of the one that has given myself and you and our loved ones and our brothers and sisters in Christ, our neighbors, so much trouble. He's going to get what's coming to him. In Matthew 25, verse 41, the Bible says the judgment scene, Jesus is on his throne, and he separates the sheep from the goats. Then shall he say also to them on the left hand, the goats Depart from me, ye cursed, and the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. John says so. But All those who let their guards down and let the devil get a hold of them and snare them and deceive them and lead them away from safety will also be cast into that same place. I feel like I've lived with the devil long enough. What about you? I want to go where he is not. When we think about heaven, it just sometimes seems a little too good to be true, doesn't it? But it is. Words cannot even begin to describe the beauty and the glory and the wonders of heaven itself. And just think, Jesus went and prepared a place for you and for you and for you and for you and for for me. It's ready. The question is, am I ready? Are you ready? Because that time is coming. Oh, I'm so thankful that there will be many of the things that I dread and that I hate that I I deal with down here that will not be in heaven. So our goal must be to live faithfully unto death, Revelation 2.10, so that when we come to the end of life's way, we stand before Jesus on the day of judgment, he'll say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. If you're here and you're not a Christian, we encourage you to become one. By believing with all your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, repenting of all your sins, confessing him before men. That is, confess that you believe that he is indeed the Son of God. And then be baptized. Because he commanded it, Mark 16, 16. For you, if you want to be saved. And because that's how you have your sins remitted. Acts 2.38. Or another way of saying it. Have them washed away. Acts 22.16. Or as Paul said in 1 Peter 3.21. That you can be saved. By baptism. If you're not baptized you can't be saved. You must be baptized. To come in contact with the blood of Christ. When you come in contact with the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ then will wash away your sins. Oh we need to stay focused on. Heaven. Hmm. I'm telling you, and I'll tell you again, and again, and again. If you don't keep that vertical view, you're not going to make it. If all we do is look this way, and look that way, we stay focused on the world that we live in, you're not going to make it. Do you remember Peter, when he saw the Lord walking on water? And he said, Lord, if it be thee, bid me to come out. And the Lord said, come on. Peter stepped out of that ship and he was walking on water just as good as Jesus was. Right? As long as he stayed focused on Jesus, he was walking on water just as good as Jesus. But what did he do? Took his eyes off of Jesus. He started looking at the sea. The storm. And what happened? He started sinking didn't he? The Bible says. That we are to look unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. Faith. As we run this race. Stay focused. Keep a vertical view. You see what's around you. We live. But we're focused on Jesus Christ. Doing his will. And one day. Being in heaven with him. I hope we all make it, don't you? I'd hate to think that there's a single one of us here tonight who will miss out on heaven. If you're here tonight and you haven't obeyed the gospel, please do so. Don't leave this building without it. If you need to repent and be restored, won't you come? As together we stand and sing.